0: Scott Harkey.
1: All right. Marketing Community Rebrand Podcast is about to happen. As you know, we're telling untold stories of world changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of the Harky Group, Scott Harkey. Okay, so joining us is Stefano Volpetti, who's the smoke-free category chief consumer officer, IQOS at Philip Morris International, which is building the future on a new category of smoke-free products that will not risk-free are much better choice than continuing to smoke. Obviously so. And last time we talked about why Philip Morris is committed to building a smoke-free brand. Super interesting conversation. I and mean, we're going to dive right back into it. And we're going to talk today about how Philip Morris... Morris is transforming their brand. All right, here's my conversation with Stefano Vilpetti, the president of smoke-free category and chief consumer officer at IQOS, Philip Morris International. All right, brother, we had some really cool conversations I felt like yesterday, and uh, let's dive into talking more about Philip Morris and the brand. We're brand people, so where's the brand going? I love that you guys are certainly up to something. It, it feels to me like a movement. I think we talked about it yesterday. It's sort of strange, the, the movement, who it's coming from. But I think it's cool. In a weird way, it's super cool what you're doing. I'd love to hear more about, again, the brand of Phil Morris and where it's going. And then even we talked yesterday a lot about this combustion. And I'm, I have more like questions on why combustion is so much more dangerous than non-combustion. So I think we should address that too, because I'm, I'm sure other people are thinking the same question that I do. So uh, I'll just let you riff and go and tell us about Philip Morris International where it's going. And then uh, let's talk about that combustion thing.
2: Thank you, Scott. Uh, good to see you again. <laughs> I think a good way uh, a good way to describe what Philip Morris is heading to is to get back to where we left at, uh, yesterday. That is, uh, you said uh, I'm wondering which type of campaigns you guys are applying to get through the uh, conversion. And my answer is uh, this is a highly regulated industry where in many places we cannot do any campaign. <laughs> most of the conversion really happens through consumer experience. And mm. most of the conversion happens through when you are trying to change a habit, that habit change doesn't happen in a day and that Habit change is not one-way street. It is uh, two steps forward, one step backward, three steps forward, and maybe two backward. And this is why we say we are not in the business of selling a product. We are in the business of changing a habit. And that habit change, it happens with a full consumer experience. there is a combination of the product. It's a combination of the support we are able to provide smokers throughout the journey of conversion. And therefore, is much more than just communication, also because in most of the places we cannot communicate. So really, really, the way we work is uh, uh, much more one-to-one, much more, especially at the beginning of the journey, almost as a coach in the habit change. And um, the company is clearly committed to this because uh, our ambition is to eliminate cigarettes. And in 10 or 15 years from now, Philip Morris will not be associated anymore with cigarettes. And this is becoming a reality. By 2025, more than 50% of our company revenue will be in smoke-free. And already today, we have several countries where our revenue is already majority smoke-free. So that, that is the direction we are headed to.
1: I didn't think about what you said around you can't really do any campaigns and you're trying to switch a habit. That's insane. I don't know how that didn't come up last episode, which makes even more sense, the thoughtfulness around the product and the product design. Uh, You mentioned uh, yesterday around triggers and triggers and the examples you gave were almost like event-related or new job, dating app, etc. Are there other things that marketers could learn around triggers? And I mean, you know, you come from... I think the best marketing college in the world, which is Procter & Gamble. But could you help us understand? And here's where I'm coming at it from very vulnerably. I know a lot about triggers just because of some of the therapy and rehab that I've gone through from addictions myself. So I've learned a lot about how addictions work, how reptile brain can auto-trigger and, and create these habits back in your limbic system, and how unhealthy reward can happen, all that. I've learned a ton about that over you know probably five or six years of therapy. But what can other marketers learn around triggers and how is that an opportunity for their brand and how should they be thinking about it as marketers? How should we be thinking about it? How can we use that in a positive way, the way you guys are doing to get more customers?
2: Yeah. The way we codify this is uh, what we call the tobacco harm reduction equation. That is our potential to reduce harm is related to being able to design a product that because of the absence of combustion, it is significantly reducing harm, and being able to design a product that can be adopted by those smokers that otherwise would continue to smoke. So this equation of a product that is, because of the absence of combustion, a better alternative, and at the same time, a product that can be palatable for smokers that otherwise would continue to smoke, this is where the magic comes. And this is very similar to some of the other industry major transformation as i told you uh, yesterday if you take uh, the example of gasoline traditional gasoline cars versus electric cars fossil fuel energy renewable energy this is a classic replacement of uh, and an evolution of the category through a product and a consumer experience that uh, clearly delivers on the two vectors. One, reduced harm, and two, enough appeal to be able to be catered to smokers that otherwise would continue to smoke. Then, yesterday I mentioned some of the triggers as uh, iconic examples of uh, the journey of conversion. Doesn't mean that every smoker that convert goes out to the, through those triggers. I mean, when you are trying to change a habit, it is a journey that doesn't happen in one day. And that's why being able to offer smokers what we call guided trial. So being able to try the product uh, together with the quote unquote, a coach, uh, being able to try different uh, variants of the product, uh, being able over time to adjust uh, uh, in the early days uh, uh, to the different uh, part of the experience. It's, The first days are, the first hundred days are very important because this is where either the habit change happens and you really leave cigarettes behind or the habit change doesn't happen and it becomes more difficult over time. The one thing that is common to all the users, the smokers that are able to convert, is that really they describe the journey of conversion as uh, it changed my life. Hmm. It changed my life because... uh, Already from the first days, I'm able to breathe better. I'm able to feel better. I I get less complaints uh, from uh, relatives and meaningful others. I am able to taste better. So there are many tangible benefits that are part of the product design that are visible already in the early days that are a strong reinforcement of uh, positive conversion.
1: Uh, super interesting. Again, I keep going back to like, when I first thought about this topic, I'm like, okay, whatever. And, but the more I think about it, it, you know, the way human beings work and trade and changing such a, a habit, the way you're changing it, it's either a lot of times we're going to quit smoking altogether, but you know why not just reduce the harms of smoking? I, I, I totally see where you're coming from. And, and at least from a marketing standpoint, it makes a ton of sense. And who should be the judge morally or not? I can't. Uh, I just think it's super interesting. I, I would... The two other questions that I have are, do you know when you're launching in the US this product, uh, the Ico's I product? And then I still... I have a ton of like health questions around why combustion is so much worse than non-combustion. Because when I look at the product, it looks like basically a cigarette, and it's still heating up. So how is that worse? Like like for marijuana, like even like if someone lights it versus it getting heated up, you still get the THC. So how is the combustion so much of the bad health benefits versus non-combustion? I guess I, I'm still
2: struggling to understand that. I guess. Uh, so maybe we take it to one at a time. So. Uh... <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah. And just sort of fire
2: questions. You're like,
1: okay, well, let, let's, let's
2: piecemeal this. We start from uh, uh, when will we commercialize Icos in the US? We will uh, commercialize it uh, as of uh, mid uh, 2024. And wow. So this is a, a very important step. And consider this product. Icos is the number one brand in the world for either tobacco, so, number one brand in the world present in 78 countries around the world, already 25.8 million users, uh, which more than 18 million have uh, left cigarettes behind. So this is a very important big step for smoke-free around the world. And that is a very important big step for public health.
1: And in the U.S., we won't see any messaging or advertising around this.
2: Now, each country has different... uh, uh, so, the, But the vast majority of our marketing spend is actually one-to-one. So it's much more in the targeted CRM, everything that is more one-to-one. Also because, think about it this way, when you're trying to change a habit, it's much more powerful, a one-to-one, quote-unquote, conversation where it's just blasting things. Uh, then when it comes to absence of combustion. Think about it this way. If you think every other industry that has combustion, it is very clear that combustion is not a good thing. <laughs> so <laughs> from cars to barbecues to anything else you think about combustion, clearly is not good. And the use of nicotine is not risk-free, but the absence of combustion eliminates 95% of the harmful substances from the use of nicotine. So 95% is a a very significant reduction. But more importantly, in countries where we have been, we launched in Japan nine years ago, same in Italy. We have countries like Italy, Korea, Japan, where we have been seven plus years, where we already start to see hospitalization numbers for smoking-related disease coming down significantly. Uh, Because a vast majority of the smokers, uh, a significant portion of the smokers, has been moving to smoke free alternatives. If you take Mm. Japan, already more than one third, more than one third of the smokers in Japan have moved to to smoke free alternatives. And this is uh, after nine years of launch of ICOS. And you start to see already in the hospitalization numbers for smoking related disease uh, a significant decline. So we have. lab evidence, we have real life evidence, but is, uh, the combustion and no combustion is a very evident progress for the experience and is a clear sign of elimination of the harmful substances uh, from the use of, uh, of nicotine.
1: And just more clarifying questions there. Does this have any vaping products as well? Or is this is obviously different than than vaping, right? Because the way it's heated, that's really interesting because I've, I've done a ton of campaigns around vaping. So this is not the vaping piece. So between Zen, for example, in the US and Icos, the delivery of nicotine, almost like a nicorette gum, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe not quite as effective, maybe from a health standpoint, as nicorette gum, but more closer, closer in that ballpark, can is how you're delivering it, the nicotine.
2: Uh, think about it this way. In, today, in the world uh, of smoke free categories, there are really three categories heated tobacco. So, this is ICOs mostly. So, uh, a consumer electronic device that heats a real tobacco stick and produces an aerosol without combustion. Then vaping is a very different uh, product. Vaping is heating a liquid that contains nicotine, so there's no tobacco. And then a product like Zin uh, is a nicotine pouch. So this is a pouch that does not contain tobacco. It contains nicotine. There is a, a pouch that you apply under your lip next to the so on your gum. And that's where the nicotine release happens. These three categories, they all have in common the absence of combustion versus a cigarette. Then these three categories around the world have a very different development. Uh, if you take the nicotine pouch, are very much developed in the US and in Scandinavia. If you take ICOs, uh, so heated tobacco is in 78 countries around the world. And the, most, the biggest markets are... Uh, Asia so Japan Korea and European markets um, vaping is extremely developed in in the US so but these three categories are essentially three very different categories all of them uh, with one uh, field rouge one common trait that is the absence uh, of combustion.
1: is there a health point of view on each of these categories
2: but all of them are better than cigarettes no doubt about it Okay.
1: but in and and then in terms of the is there health ratings on each one of the categories or not really
2: you are really talking minor differences between one and the other the interesting it's the the biggest building block of improvement is the absence of combustion
1: that's amazing i it's it's a, <laughs> again this is a super interesting topic it's it's different than you know you know, we talked last week about the water brand that's going crazy in like the cans. Are, they just did a a really interesting campaign with the drummer from Blink One Eight Two, and I don't know, I can't make it Liquid Death or something. Uh, so just a way different uh, marketing category that we're talking about. So it's, it's super interesting. Is there any maybe final thoughts or maybe what you've learned most about this category? Maybe what you've learned most about humans from this category, or maybe just biggest lesson learned from your marketing career that you could lead to us marketers.
2: No, I think one important aspect for us is to make sure that we're talking to smokers and converting smokers. Therefore, we design our products, so namely ICOS, to make sure there is no unintended audience that will use them. And we have uh, not only very strong uh, policy and code of conduct, but also very strong data that suggests that we are delivering on that. And this <laughs>
1: I almost asked that question I'm sure other people were thinking of is, you know, will you get new users of this uh, device, especially as the U.S. launch is coming? So I'm glad you cleared that up. That was a question I was going to ask.
2: This is very important for us because if we are up after a public health improvement, the public health improvement is only achieved by converting smokers that otherwise would continue to smoke cigarettes, adult smokers, into better alternatives that are smoke-free without bringing in unintended audiences. So the equation of improving public health only works that way. And this is why our code of conduct is very clear. These products are for smokers, adult smokers. And we design every aspect of the product to make sure that it is not appealing to unintended audiences. And this is a very important aspect of what we do. A very uh, important aspect of what we do on the product, what we do on the marketing, on the commercial practices, on the way we work with uh, retailers. So this is a very, very important aspect because only that way we are able to deliver on a significant uh, improvement of public health globally.
1: That's, uh, man, thanks for coming on the show. I think uh, it was it was definitely intriguing. I love that you were on your phone too. I mean, you, 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 we were having some cuter issues and you just straight up, we just said, all right, let's, let's do the phone. It worked out great. And big thanks to Stefano Lopetti for joining us um, to talk about where the brand Philip Morris is going. Look, uh, I, this is a marketing show and this is where we try to dive into brands. And This is one of the biggest brands in the world doing something pretty significant. So this was interesting. I, I, I'm not a news anchor. I don't have my news hat on here. I have my marketing hat on. and we're diving through very interesting brand challenge and consumer challenge. And I think it's freaking interesting. So um, if you have other questions um, or you want to reach out, Ohm, again, we'll put his LinkedIn note in our show notes. This is the exact kind of guest we want. So if you have a campaign that's freaking interesting like this, we want to have you on. So apply. But we're going to end it there. Big thank you again. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate it. Oh, yes. Thank you for coming on. This was awesome. Appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing the US launch. Again, you can find me, Scott at pretty much any social media deal, like any professional service guy. I'm trying to put out content and establish you know, myself as an expert in this category. We'll see if it's working, but you can always find me. You can always connect. I love talking marketing or connecting or intros or whatever else. This is a community and we're here to help one another. And uh, feel free to subscribe. That would be great. But that's it for today. And I remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.